Are you ever faced with a decision and confused by your options? Become empowered with the knowledge to make informed choices, expand your awareness, and go beyond the mainstream. Infuse your life with spirituality and surround yourself with a community of like-minded people. Welcome to Empowered Today. Hello and welcome to Empowered Today. I'm Jen. And I'm Kaleem, and we're here to help you take a proactive approach to becoming empowered. And if you enjoy our podcast, be sure to visit empoweredtoday.net and subscribe. Normally in our podcast at this point, I would give you the topic of the day, but I'm going to hold off and ask you to just go with me for a second. Stay with me as I have a question for you. So imagine for a moment that I give you a piece of paper. You can do anything you want with that piece of paper, and I encourage you to do so. And in your mind's eye, imagine that you make paper airplane or draw a picture, make a list. But then pause and let me tell you that that piece of paper is a dollar bill or a $20 bill. How does that change the way you viewed that paper and what you just did with it? How does that change? the paradigm within you, and what comes up when you think about what you did to that $20 bill. Today's topic is going to be money, the paradigms, ideas, and dreams, and these feelings about money that we are grown up with, because we don't come into the world with an idea about money or a care about it until we're told that we need to. And depending on how we're raised and what we're told, it changes everything about how we walk this world and view money. So think about it for a minute. And I'm going to say the word money again. And I want you to think about what is the first thing that comes to your mind. Money. Did you think money doesn't grow on trees? Or money is the root of all evil. Money can't buy happiness. We all kind of come in to our adult lives based on what we've been told around money. And either you've had it and it conveys status or importance, or maybe you've never had it and it conveys pain or lack or scarcity and fear. But regardless of where you are and what you think about money, you have to know that it colors everything you do. It changes a simple view of a piece of paper into something else, something emotionally charged. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. When you think about a child, whether it was you as a child and your parents, are the teachers to you about money, or rather you're a parent working toward teaching your own children. Children come into the world, like you said, Jen, without a preconceived notion of what this is. They, they, they're taught this. It's not innate for them. And children believe that the world is abundant and that everything's available to them, right? So imagine this young child who says, I want that. And that begins this opportunity to help a child understand money. 
when we think about a young child like that, and they have that ability to say, I want that, we get to help them understand, I understand that you want that. This is how we get to that, because we can have that. They want a banana, right? So how do we get them to have a banana? Because children don't understand there has to be an exchange of anything, because the banana is going to be put in the cart, and they're going to eat the banana. The parent says, all right, that doesn't belong to me, so what do I give in exchange for it so I can take the banana home? They give a piece of paper, right? The piece of paper doesn't have any energy to it. It's the banana that you wanted in the first place. So let's talk more about money and understand how we can help these kids have a better concept than perhaps some of us did. I know for me, I had to work through that a lot Absolutely. in my life. Those conversations when we were young were taboo. You didn't talk about money, just like you didn't talk about politics and religion. You didn't ask the questions. I didn't go up to my dad and say, hey, dad, how much do you make a year? You didn't ask. And, and many times, even in those moments with the banana, you weren't told why you couldn't have it, just that the answer was no. And the education that we owe our children, in my opinion, is to be better understanding of how they can achieve what they want in life versus looking at the scarcity of what they can't have. And I think those constructs, the way that we look at the emotion behind money and the exchange of that paper for goods and services, has more to do with where we are in life financially than the money itself or our earning power or our station in life. Because I think even people who have the ability to make plenty of money, if they have those paradigms that tell them you'll never have it, there'll never be enough, you, it won't be available to you when you need it, they have those emotional hooks that makes them do something else when they have those opportunities presents. Maybe they have the opportunity to go and buy something, but because they have fear around scarcity, they're going to keep that in their bank and it's never going to move because they've been told you'll never have enough or some catastrophic thing will happen and you won't have money. So we want to talk a little bit about how we got here. But like you said, more importantly, how do we help our kids not be here when they're our age? What do we do to help educate them about money so that they don't end up with the same paradigms that we have, that we're unraveling every day. I have a 20-something-year-old daughter. Love her to pieces. She's not been, I wouldn't say a kid of privilege, but she's never had a lack. We've grown up very comfortable, and we know that we're privileged that way. She had to go to college, of course. And we had to have that conversation about where she could go and how we could afford it. And we've had many conversations since. She's now graduated and um, is very happy with the education she had around money and financing her college. But that was a new concept. You know, you go through public school, at least, you know, some people do. You don't ever have to worry about paying for your education. 
till you get to that college age. And so as we were going through and talking about college and she was telling us all of her hopes and dreams for where she wanted to go, now we had to assign price tags to things. Now, in some cases, I know that would bring up fear. That would bring up a feeling of not being worthy. Some issues around whether or not that was taking from a different bucket. You know, we have a lot of us who are looking down the barrel of retirement. Where do you put your money? If you're worried about it, if it's a construct that tells you there's not going to be enough, that could have colored my daughter's views of where she could go to college. Maybe she would have decided, I need to go to JC, or maybe I don't go to college at all. Maybe I have to start making money because I have to help. Those kinds of beliefs don't leave you open to being able to look at what your true potential might be and allowing the universe to create an opportunity for you. If you've closed down and you believe that money's not going to come to you, you're not going to have your hand open wide for what you could receive. She ended up going to a college that she loved. She also ended up being able to, with, with creative ideas around money, go through college without a lot of debt. That's not because we're special. It's because we were open and we didn't have fear around money. But she does still to this day tell me about all the conversations she has with her friends who couldn't, I'm putting that in quotes, couldn't go to college or now are carrying mountains of debt because they couldn't afford it instead of looking at the opportunities. I had an awesome time working with her on that. And I think that kind of an opportunity for kids of all ages, especially those in that college area, would help change the way we view money, opportunity, and scarcity if we had those conversations early. It's so important that our kids learn this because otherwise it puts a stopping in their path right? So let's talk a little more about money and its own energeticness. So for a minute, I'm going to take and put money in a basket and set it aside. I'm going to put a pause on money. And what I'd like our listeners to ask themselves are, what would I like to have in my life? Whether that's a trip you want to do, a new pair of shoes, a um, you know, house, whatever it is. I just want you to be able to say, what would you want? And just make a statement of it. So here we go. Think in your mind, what would you want? Now, generally, the first thing that you do is you say, but it's going to cost this much. And I don't know if I can afford it or if I want to afford it or how is this going to happen, right? We have this way that we go about attaching a price to it. I want to ask you again to put that aside. Let money have its attachment with it. And all I want you to do is think about something that you would like, especially something that's reasonably attainable, okay? Whether that's a cup of coffee or a new pair of shoes or, you know, something that's very attainable for you that's easy. I want you to imagine that in your mind. All right, can you imagine that for a minute? Just imagine it. 
Imagine that you could see everything about it, its color, its texture, or the trip, the beauty of something that was there, the people that you met, and that's all I want you to do right now. Realize that that's ultimately what you're asking for. That's what you're working towards wanting to have in your life. Then what happens with that is you attach a price to it. Now, I get somebody else usually attaches the figure, right, of what that price is. But there's an attachment to that. And when we go to say, what would I like first, then look at what's it going to cost. Just like you talked, Jen, about going to college. All right, she wants to go to college. And she wants to go to this particular college. That's great. That was the first determination. Then how much is it going to cost? And I know, you know, for me and probably for a lot of our followers, they'll say, well, I want to go on a worldwide cruise. Great. And then they look at the cost and it's 20000 And all of a sudden they go, oh, I can't do that. So the issue here is that what we want is not the money. The money is a mere exchange for the experience in life that we want. And when we can stay focused on that experience, object, whatever that happens to be, when we can stay focused on that, then we say, now, what is going to be the price to obtain that? And what do I need to do in order to accomplish it? Because any of that can be accomplished. It's only a matter of putting into practice the sincere burning desire that you really want it. I mean, if somebody would drop something into your lap and say, here, you can have the car. Okay, here's an example. Um, Well, actually, here's an example that I did use with one of my grandkids. He was 17, and he said, you know, I've been looking forward to getting a truck, right? Good teenage boy wants a good truck. So he said, I want to get a truck. And he says, but I don't have the money for it. And I said, well, what kind of truck do you want? He said, I want a, and he was very specific of the, the, the model, the make, and the year that he wanted. So he wanted an older truck, but he wanted a certain model and a certain thing that he did. And I said, how badly do you want it? He says, I've always wanted that truck. I said, okay, then I want you to believe in it. And I don't know, it was within a month, and all of a sudden, the truck was in the driveway. And I drove up, and I'm like, you got the truck. He says, I did. He says, it needs a little work, but I got the truck. I'm like, okay, you're starting to learn. Because he had to know what he wanted first. Sometimes we think, oh, I want millions of dollars. Well, great. You can have millions of dollars, but what in the world are you going to do with it? It's nothing more than paper. Paper and ink with a design on it. It's no different than the paper you write on. The government might think that it has more value to it, <laughs> and I get that it has a value there. But the reality is, is it, doesn't, it can't do anything except make paper, airplanes, or origami. The money itself cannot do anything. It's what you do with it. So now let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Envisioning the life you want but don't know how to get there? Feeling the drive for change but not knowing how to begin? You can put one foot in front of the other, but without the map, you don't know where you're going. Sage Coaching is wellness coaching. 
This service gives you the support, guidance, and momentum you need to ensure you meet the challenges head-on. With Sage Coaching, you know your efforts will take you in the right direction, and you won't be sidetracked by the distractions of life. You can reach for those big dreams. Your goal of a balanced, fulfilling life is achievable and within your grasp with Sage Coaching. Go to sagecoaching.biz today for more information. Sign up for a free consultation and begin your path to wellness. That's sagecoaching.biz. So begin when you're starting to look at wanting money in your life. Take and put the word money over there and put the money over there and decide what you want to do with it. What are the experiences? What do you want to purchase? What kind of lifestyle? What kind of experience? And I know many of you say, I want to be one of the rich and famous. Well, take a look if that's really what you want in your life. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you just want to be able to, you know, go see your family. You want to have enough money to play for a plane ticket. I don't know. But what you need to do is know what you want. And then you say, I'm so happy and grateful now that I have a plane ticket to get me to go and see my kids by this date that will cost this much. And you repeat it every single day, morning and night, because then there's an intention that's been placed. And somewhere, somehow, that's going to come into your life when you really believe that it can. And that is something so powerful. And it isn't a belief in one day sometimes. I'll give you a very simple example. In my business, uh, when we were doing full-time midwifery, I said to my, my midwifery partner, I said, we need a whiteboard. Now, we could have gone out and bought a whiteboard, but we were a bit busy with things going on. Within a week, we had a client come in the door. Now, oddly as it was, the client came in the door, and this client said, I have an extra white, I didn't tell anybody this, I have an extra whiteboard. I was wondering if you could use it. And she looked at me, said, how do you do that? I'm like, and I said, well, because I say I want it. Underneath me, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How did I do that? She would tell us we're not collecting enough checks coming in. All right. Thank you to the universe that our checks will start coming in the mail and everyone will pay us as they, as they need to. Checks start coming in the mail. I still don't know how it all happens. But what I want you and me to know and all of our uh, listeners is that you have to know that you want it enough to believe in it that you already have it. And I know that sounds like an odd concept, but it's about feeling and imagining that you already have it as if you're living a dream. And you let that dream go through your mind every day, morning and night, sometimes in between. And if you waver from it and the paradigms come up, which we're going to talk about here in a second, don't let them. Say, um, that was then, and I'm going forward. I'm going to, I'm, I believe in this 100%. I can see it. I know it's going to happen. And it, it, it's already in my, my grasp. So our listeners have now realized when they started this podcast with us today that they could have been on any financial analyst podcast, but they ended up on Empower Today. They know that this information is not going to be what you would get at H&R Block. 
they're not going to look at the dollars and cents on a spreadsheet because that's the value of what we're talking about. It's not about that. And so much of our experience in life gets pulled into these day in, day out, concrete elements, but it's not about that. Our lives are developed by an energy beyond us. And if we use that energy as it was designed, if we go to that place of understanding that the universe has our back and all we have to do is get out of the way, our needs are met. And I know that even the most skeptical of our listeners who may go, oh, come on now. I've wished for a million dollars a lot of times. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not going to show up in my bank account. If you ask that person to be quiet for a moment and think about a time when something did arrive right when it was needed, that they stopped for a moment from that negative self-talk or that aspect of the paradigm that said, you're not worthy of that. You can't afford that. There's no way you can get to that. All of that negativity aside, even the most skeptical person would say, you know, there was this one time and I don't know how it happened, but it did. And all we're asking our listeners to do is to embrace that, to understand that money unfortunately, is one of the top two or three things in our lives that we've got such emotional hook to. So much of our anxiety and fear wrapped around this little piece of green paper that we can't utilize its true power in our lives because we're too busy backpedaling on a regular basis. You know, oh, I'd love to take that trip, Kaleem. Oh, but I have to go look at my bank balance first before I even let myself dream about it. What if we turned that around? What if we took your example and said, okay, I'm going to put it out there. What does it hurt? Who does it harm if I'm going to put a vision board up with a giant picture of a cruise ship and say, I'm going on a cruise? All you have to do is make a statement, like you said, a couple times a day, maybe once in the middle. What's it going to hurt? But I think you'll find that things start to change the more you embrace that possibility. And that's really what we're asking you to do. Embrace the possibility that money isn't in scarcity. Money isn't wrapped around, I can't afford it. It's not about that. Put that money aside, like, like you said, Colleen. Put it in a bucket somewhere. You, know, you don't have to get rid of it and you don't have to burn it. We understand that a lot of, that's scary for a lot of people. But put it aside for a moment and just think, what would I do if I knew there were no limits? What could I have? And then see what happens. So bringing that into putting money aside... Definitely the word and the concept and the feelings of money have to be put aside. So I'd like to just tell them a story, just Sounds a quick great. little story. There was a, a gentleman that was known as the junk man. And this junk man 
was somebody that everybody in his uh, township and everything he had a little cart. He'd go and gather junk and he'd sell it off, you know, and that was the sum total of his life. Now, let me ask all of you out there, do you have money in your home in a jar? Do you have coins, things like that in a jar? Do you have a safe that has money in it? Do you have your mattress stuffed with money? Okay, so stay tuned. I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. So this man that was a junk man, that's what he did his entire life, and everybody around knew him, and they could find little bits of things here or there, and he sold them off. Well, one day they no longer saw him, and they wondered what happened. And some people in the town went to his very meager little one, two room thing that was in the, you know, not so good part of town because that's all he could quote unquote afford. And they looked in his home and they found, of course, a lot of different pieces of junk. Um, and they found these shoe boxes in his home. And the shoe boxes were full of money. In fact, this story is from a man that was back in the early 1900s. So the exchange rate is very different from today. And he had $100,000 in his home, the little tiny meager little place that he just was a definite pauper at living. But he collected his money in the same way he collected his junk. And the man never had the opportunity to live a life that could at least take him a little bit better than where he was living. And that's where I say how many of us, and, it, I, and I'm not suggesting that you go out and just clean your bank accounts out because that's not smart. We always want to have what we need within our family's means and make sure that we're taking care of our basics we often have these little storage places because we're so worried that if we don't keep storing the money, that somehow something's going to come up. Now, having a savings account for a little emergency fund, that's always a good idea. But one thing I know is when money sits, especially as it's been circulating in the world and it sits inside some little safe someplace, you open that safe and smell that money, it stinks. And frankly, it's a piece of paper that's sitting in there and it's doing nothing, nothing at all, except getting stinkier and older. So what I want to encourage you to understand is that money is meant to give you experiences and to purchase the things that you need wisely. I'm not talking about taking a credit card and maxing it out because that's not money you have. That's not smart, okay? But being able to really utilize that for your living and your experiences in life because once you're gone, if you have heirs, well, then they'll get your money. That's fine. This man had no heirs. I don't know where the money went to. But in the early 1900s, to have $100,000, the equivalent today, it's, you know, in the millions in some respect. And I think he could have provided a better living for himself. He may could have helped 
maybe some underprivileged children to have shoes. He could have supported uh, helping food for some other hungry people. I mean, there's things that he could have done with that money that may have made him feel good and benefited others if he didn't feel like spending it on himself was always the thing that he was comfortable with. So there's a lot of hooks to it, and storage of it is one of them. When you can get out of storing, it feels vulnerable. It feels scary to allow yourself to circulate some of that money. But when you do, you'll find that more money comes to you. Because that, that phrase of what goes around, comes around, that's rather, you know, there's good things. Or if, you know, people do things that aren't nice, sometimes things come around that way too. We talked about those stories and we want to make sure our, our listeners understand that we're not talking about frivolousness or doing things that are risky to a person's well-being or a family's well-being. So again, just to state that that's not what we're talking about here. And the story of this junk man, we also want to reiterate that we're putting values on things to illustrate a point. Obviously, his situation, we'll never know the reason why he decided that that was the better way to live. But we want to make sure that each one of us are empowered enough to understand what's valuable to us. And that looking at it from a place of authenticity, are we doing things out of an open willingness to experience life or are we contracted in fear? If you're having a reaction to money that is emotional, likely it has connected to a fear. And what we're trying to encourage our listeners to do today is to open that up and take a look. If you are one who has operated on the premise that you don't have enough, we want you to take this opportunity to take a look at that paradigm. We're encouraging you and supporting you to understand that if you are in a place that you would like to see change, the universe has your back. You just have to be willing to open up that box and to see what might be there that you didn't know was there. You know, so often we have these beliefs, Kaleem, we don't even know where they came from. And we have those recordings in our head and, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. I know where that one came from. My dad, he lived through the Great Depression. And we had a lot of these subtle lessons throughout life. You know, clean plate club. It wasn't because the 50 cents worth of food on the plate would change the world. It was because he had been brought up to feel that everything had such value because of the depression and that we were basically boasting abundance by throwing something away that could be useful to someone else. So it was a personal affront to him. And that's a value that I walked into my adulthood with without knowing. All we're doing here with this podcast today is encouraging our listeners to open up those boxes, see what your belief systems are around money, and then realize it is just a piece of paper 
a currency for an exchange of goods and services. And if you're operating on an emotional level about money, it's holding you back. We want to uh, let you know about next podcast. We have a really interesting topic, purging and letting go. We are hopeful that you will come back and listen to that podcast, bring your friends and anyone else who has maybe Maria Kondo'd a little lately. Uh, We'll look at how to let go of things on an emotional level as well. Well, we've come to the close of another podcast that I hope everyone has enjoyed and will be able to embrace. And we want to celebrate you, all of you, for making the decision to be with us today. And until next time, live your empowered life. Thank you for listening to Empowered Today. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Sage Coaching. We are looking forward to you joining us for our next episode.